back one and all to the land of wonder that is the wonderland i'm your host jeff healy and apart from being an australian musician songwriter singer comedian vinyl record nut amateur barista blah 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 maybe the only other really important thing you need to know about me is that i have skill not skills skill singular because one or two of you might be thinking I wonder if he means he has skills, because a lot of people say that these days, right? They'll say, I've got skills, meaning I can do a whole bunch of things. And fair enough, but nope, not me, folks. I have got skill, singular. I have skill as in one skill, uno skillo. And if you're wondering what it is, well, luckily for you, I'm going to tell you what it is. But before I do, we need to check into the safe area for information like this. And yes, I'm talking about theory time. Yo, you can't know what you can't know. I'm going to tell you what I think I know. And I know what I know. This is what I know. Theory time. And welcome to theory time. Okay, is everybody strapped in? Hmm? You up there? Okay. All right, looking around. Okay, I think we're good. Right, now, as I was saying, I have skill. And it's this. I can make spaghetti sauce. Okay, now before your ears shut down, because A, that's not funny, and B, it's also the most obvious and uninteresting thing you've ever heard, especially if you're a woman, please let me expand on this a bit. So, yes, the other day I made a spaghetti sauce. I should point out that it was not my idea to make the spaghetti sauce. The reason I made the spaghetti sauce is because my wife asked me to. But in such a way as to make me feel kind of small because she thinks it's the only thing I can make. Okay? Whereas actually I have proved to her and others over the years that I can actually make other things. Do you know what else I can make? Would you like me to tell you what else I can make? Okay, I'm going to tell you what else I can make. I can make three things. One, a mess. Two, an idiot of myself. And three, her very angry. Very easily. Almost without doing anything at all. Now these are more of achievements than skills, though. Right, guys? Anyway, back to the spaghetti sauce. And here's the thing. The spaghetti sauce I made was not good. It was, in fact, incredible. It was sensational. An achievement beyond anyone's wildest imaginings. You might even say a triumph. If they gave out Nobel Prizes, Pulitzer Prizes, and Academy Awards for spaghetti sauce, this one would have scooped the pool without any doubt whatsoever. It was the kind of spaghetti sauce that most people can only dream about. And upon realising that it was only a dream, most of these people immediately kill themselves because they know that they will never, ever actually experience a sauce of that calibre. And before you all jump to the conclusion that I'm exaggerating, I can assure you, that the other two people at the table were also very impressed and clearly liked it very much indeed. Now, 
It's important that I point out that this has happened before. Pretty much every time I've made a spaghetti sauce, in fact. As in, wow, that was unbelievably good. No words to that effect. On top of which, whoever's eating it pretty much finishes everything on their plate. Now, you would think that that in itself would be sufficient, right? Ah, but no. My wife then says, Ah, well, now you'll have to make more things, won't you? What the hell is that? Look, when you do one thing really, 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 really well, why do people suddenly want you to do other things really, really, really well? I mean, isn't genius in one area enough? Are people trying to talk Usain Bolt into competing in Olympic swimming and shot put as well? Did anyone seriously suggest to Albert Einstein that because he was such a brilliant physicist that he should also take a crack at cake decorating? Would Mozart's dad also have been pushing little Wolfie to work on his knitting and ballroom dancing skills? So, look, I guess this is my way of saying, folks, that brilliance in one area should be enough. But I know that in this age of multitasking and high expectations, one has to sometimes get out of one's comfort zone and diversify in order to keep the family happy. And now, if you'll excuse me, my chocolate bolognese cheesecake should be just about done. And that's it for today's strange but unusually delicious edition of Theory Time. But we do like to get other people's approval, don't we? Secretly, I mean. Like almost nobody wants to admit that they need or want the approval of other people. This is just a part of human nature and we can't help it. And I think without approval, or disapproval for that matter, we'd have trouble assessing the value of whatever it is we've done or created. But given that the value of something is often subjective, well, we're kind of screwed anyway. Which makes me wonder why I brought up the subject in the first place. Hmm. Anyway, we've now reached a part in the show where you get to listen to an excerpt from a song you've never heard before and decide whether you like it, hate it, or have no opinion about it whatsoever. Yes, here we are again at Song of the Day. And today it's one of my own songs from an album I wrote and recorded back in 1999 in Australia called Jeff Healy's Love in a Suit. To this day, I have no idea why I decided to give the album that name. It made no sense then and it makes no sense now. But I think sometimes the most fun and memorable things that we can do in life are things that make no sense. Which I suppose means, by extension, that my entire life has mostly been fun and memorable up until this point. But hey, I digress. Here's the song. It's one I actually really do quite like, and it's called Needle on the Ground. I was wondering how you felt when the evening came around. Settled on your doorstep Meeting no one Taking nothing But your favourite Out of town And when your night time Finally settled in Did you shake the need To go to town Lover lying, waiting, lying 
like a needle on the ground. Like a needle on the ground, you just picked him up, now you can't put him down. down twisting turning to and throwing you just can't seem to make up your mind Time finally settles it Try to tell yourself He'll settle down Knowing that you might discover Consolation Sooner or later Like a needle on the ground Yes, that's Needle on the Ground, a cautionary tale, I suppose, written about those relationships that you get into which turn out to be utterly disastrous. The reality is, of course, that you can't always avoid that risk, can you? Because you don't know it's going to be disastrous until you're in it and it goes pear-shaped, right? Hmm. I guess that's what they call learning by experience. And what you learn is that you can never completely avoid these types of situations, but at least you get better at knowing what to do about them, I suppose. Anyway, as always, you can hear the rest of that song and the rest of the album and everything else I've ever recorded and released on Spotify or any of the other music streaming services, or indeed on my website, which is www.jeffhealy.com. Now, if you are a regular listener to The Wonderland, you will know that every second week we feature a very special segment at this point in the show. And I say very special because nothing in life is more special than... Good Times with Big Jeff and Little Kev. Hey, hey, Kevin. Hey. Are we recording already? We are recording you already. You know what's really, really weird about what's this? What's really weird about is this? Is that we're in the same room. And we are almost never in the same room, folks. No, this never. is a treat. Is this it? is a treat. Well, I'm not sure if it's a treat. No, probably not. It's, it's the truth. It's the truth. And truth is usually good, isn't it? Yeah, it is good. Now, here's the thing. The truth we, will set you free, Jeff. It did. I, and I've been free for a while. They're trying to rope me back in, but I refused to come in. Anyway, Kevin, what I wanted to say was yes. we did some recording at your home um, a few episodes ago. Yes, we people, did. People may remember it because it sounded like we were sitting next to a waterfall. Was it really? I didn't really get that that was that oh, loud. Oh, I did, yeah. Really? It's really loud. And people, if you'd listened to that episode of Good Times, uh, which was in the last season, you would swear that Kevin and I were sitting next to a waterfall recording the program, which we weren't. It was just raining and, you know. Well, that's not true, Jeff, because I did have a small waterfall installed directly that, next to the recording studio. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So that would explain it. That would explain Well, it wouldn't not explain it. <laughs> oh, here we go. Wouldn't Are not we, explain it. It wouldn't not explain it. Yeah. You know where I first heard a lot of that 
Baloney. Oh. It's, uh, Phil Donahue, he had a, had a show in whatever, in the 80s or 90s. Like I don't an know. American TV long, show. Yeah, yeah, it was a yeah. talk show, like a daytime talk show. Okay. He would always speak in double negatives. And why does anyone really do I don't really know, because it, it sounds a little bit more intelligent. Well, and the well, really to, weird to the, thing is, it's to the not, unintelligent. To the unintelligent, it sounds like, really intelligent. Well, he said something I don't understand. Therefore, it must be intelligent. He didn't not say anything. There you go. But you know what's really funny about this, Kevin? What? Well, you've got your double negatives, right? So yeah. you would assume, and of course, a double negative, the two negatives cancel each other out. So you end up with. You're using your hands as if people can see you, Jeff. I know. Or maybe maybe somebody is trying to surreptitiously video this session. Oh, maybe from across the street. I was there. just thinking that. Yeah, somebody those with the camera. So, us. hello, everyone. Hey. Anyway, no, a double negative is a positive because one negative will cancel the other negative out, right? Well, that wouldn't that make it zero? It wouldn't yeah. really be positive well, you, or negative. You end up with a zero sum. Do you like that? Does uh, that sound intelligent? Yeah, well, yeah, it does. To does me, it? it sounds intelligent. Good. But in but in, in language though, like you're saying, a double negative actually means that it's positive. That's correct. Right. And a That's double right. positive? Double positive doesn't just means more positive, which is it's really more positive. Weird. It's more positive. And so folks, I believe that we've what we've discovered here is that mathematics is a load of bollocks. Oh because no, I'm sorry, but they should both. And I'm sure if there's any mathematicians out there listening, you would have to agree with us on this. So listen, you, what you're telling me is that two negatives equals a negative. No, equals a positive. That's so, correct. So, so negative three <laughs> plus negative three oh, equals to the square root of um, positive. Um, positive. Depends on the algorithm, I think. Okay, and then and then two positive. So so one plus one equals zero. In a, in in a, in a language sense, so language mathematics. I think this is what we're talking about here. Is that, language mathematics. Isn't that why they keep them separate in universities? Like they have a language area. This is why. And then a mathematics area. This is area. why. Because if they if why. those if those two worlds collide, folks, you don't want to know what's going to happen. Like because it's going to be ugly. Yeah. When I was in school, like like the math teacher never taught like English. No, no. Did or he, ever, did he like, ever come into the class with a lot of... It wasn't he, like a was lot it? Of, oh, wasn't it? No. Okay, did she ever come into the class with a lot of bruises? No. Okay, because if she did, I would suggest that she'd crossed over to the other side for a look and they'd seen her looking and they'd just beat the crap out of her. You know, because maths and, and language don't coexist. I see. And, and I think the bruise this, come in? What is a, bru- a bruise? A bruise is like, you know, when someone's no, I don't know you, what you've a got a mark is. on your arm. I don't know what a bruise you know. is. Uh, okay. So, so you thought I was talking about beer. Bruise. It's a like a beer. cruise with, oh, with, cruise, with guys. Cruising like with the bruising. <laughs> cruising so, for the bruise. Which reminds me, can you actually have, I wonder if they're actually cruisers, you know, like uh, South Pacific Ocean cruisers, which are, you know, involving... <laughs> bruises i don't know maybe there are people who like to i don't know beat themselves up or get beaten up maybe. and they take a cruise and it's called cruising for bruising cruising for bruising that's it's what like you'd a, be doing so you gotta go like boxing to yeah. mess with the, with the yeah. boxing oh my god i'm really worried cruise. i gotta i gotta box that 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 300 pound a guy who's at the salad bar that's exactly day. right he's not at the salad bar he's at the meat bar isn't yeah he? he'd be at the meat bar he wouldn't be eating salad, <laughs> eating salad no bar. not if he's cruising for bruising right <laughs> So, so, look, I know, but but coming back to the point, sorry, we're, we're getting a little distracted, folks, which we almost never do no. here on Good Times. Um, double positive equals nothing, right? It, yeah. it, it's just like, it is absolutely blah, 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 blah. My parents right. used to say that when I was a kid coming oh. home with, a, with my uh, certificate from school. Oh, a lot of positives there. And you could have what said... What did I get for that, Jeff? Nothing. nothing. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> 
Well said, Kevin. Well said, yes. And and it's true to this very day. It is. I'm not sure what that means. I don't know either. Do you know what that you I'm don't still know what suffering that from it. Look at me. See? Good times with Big Jeff and Little Kev. And Little Kev and myself will be back with another five minutes of completely improvised stupidity in another two episodes from now. So don't miss that. Now, you might not think that fish and dairy products go together. Well, I'm here to tell you that apparently they do. Because last week I just happened to find myself in an ice cream parlour in town. And in this particular ice cream parlour was, and is, a large tank. Well, more like a bath, really. Containing about a dozen very large koi. Now, for those of you who don't know what koi are, they seem to be like very large goldfish, which aren't necessarily gold, but are pretty colourful nonetheless. And then I thought to myself, what came first, the goldfish or the koi? Because I knew these things were somehow related. Anyway, it turns out that both are a part of the carp family, and that many years ago, goldfish were especially bred for ornamental purposes, hence the pet goldfish that we have today. And then I thought, well, if it's possible to breed a small version of a large fish, it should also be possible to breed a small version of a large human, right? Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Jeff, you idiot. What would be the point of breeding really small people, even if it were possible, legal or ethical? Of course, that's an excellent question. But as usual, I'm going to ignore logic and now drag you all kicking and screaming into the only place where I can properly expand on this idea further. And that place is... Jeff's Thought of the Day. I was thinking about something, I think it was the thought of the day. I think, I think it was the thought of the day. And welcome to Thought of the Day. Now, a couple of years ago, a chap by the name of Alexander Payne wrote and produced a movie called Downsizing, in which the technology was invented by a bunch of well-meaning Norwegian scientists to not breed, but to convert normal-sized people into very tiny people. For reasons I'm not going to go into, because I don't want to ruin the movie for anybody who hasn't seen it. I thought the premise was pretty interesting, if a tad far-fetched, but I suppose every major technological development would have seemed far-fetched at some point in history, right? In any case, look, there's no point in talking too much about the idea of miniaturising humanity, because downsizing has already taken that particular ball and run with it. Thanks very much for ruining today's thought of the day, Alexander Payne. I'll see you in hell. Seriously, though, it is a well-made, entertaining and thought-provoking movie and yet another great vehicle for Matt Damon. Anyway, following my experience with the giant quasi-goldfish at the ice cream parlour, I subsequently found myself contemplating the rather ghastly possibility of tiny human beings being bred as pets. Now, I'm not sure that we're ready for that movie. But back in season two, I seem to recall comparing cats and dogs to humans in an effort to lightheartedly figure out which would actually make the best pet, only to conclude that humans would make lousy pets because they'd bring with them almost all of the disadvantages of having a dog or a cat, but nowhere near the number of actual benefits. Of course, I was referring there to full-sized humans, not deliberately bred miniaturised ones, which could be genetically engineered to possess other physical features, such as wings, googly eyes, tails, a range of shiny colours, 
and goodness knows what else. Kind of like goldfish. Seriously though, I think human ingenuity has done enough damage already and it's nice to know that we can leave that kind of stuff to Hollywood for the time being. One of our biggest problems though is that we seem to be the only species on Earth that does something not because it needs to, but because it can. And that pretty much anything is considered good as long as it's considered an innovation. Which brings me back to the subject of ice cream, clearly one of history's greatest innovations. And I really think we should have stopped there. And at strawberry flavour. And on that rather bizarre but tasty note, we've managed to reach the end of yet another episode of The Wonderland. And from what I can see, everyone appears to still be in one piece, which is nice. I'd like to thank you all for joining me today. Thanks, as always, to Little Kev for bringing the action in our Good Times segment. And if you enjoy the show, don't forget to hit that subscribe or like button. And I'm looking forward to having your company again once more next Friday on a brand new episode of The Wonderland. Gotta get back to just Wonderland. Gotta come back to the Wonderland. Just